You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Hi, everyone. I'm Barb Fletcher. Welcome to our series of 52 Practical Tools for Less Stress in Life. And this is episode 22. I'm Deb Timmerman. Our goal is to give you tools and strategies to help you move from feeling stressed to feeling your best. And today we're going to talk about the power of using our story to heal. This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart for sure. I hear people tell stories every day and some of them some of them play differently for me. So neuroscience tells us that our brain can fall in love with a good story because hearing stories encourages the release of two hormones, oxytocin and cortisol. Can you talk a little bit about that? We all know about oxytocin, right? It's the love hormone. So it's that hormone that makes us feel good. And Mm -hmm. we've talked for the last 21 episodes about the effects of cortisol. And the two of them really work together. Oxytocin helps us to control things like empathy and social interaction. And cortisol, of course, is related to the stress response. When we hear a story, we relate to a character using those two hormones, oxytocin, when we feel good about the story that they're telling us, we get oxytocin released in our bodies and it makes us feel good. And likewise, when we hear a story that stresses us out, we get the release of cortisol in our bodies. So a lot of cultures use the power of storytelling to help us heal because it helps us connect, it helps us break down barriers. And ultimately, if we can connect to that character, even ourselves, we can use those two hormones to help us move through and help us change. Today, I was on a call early and, uh, you know, there were, we were all asked to share and, and essentially tell our story. And so the stories, everybody had their own. And, you know, some of those stories, actually, I could feel that oxytocin being released in me. And then there were others whose story was more difficult and and appeared to be a little bit stuck. And I suspect that there was some cortisol released in my body when I was listening to that. Yeah, I think it's easy to do. Those things happen in our bodies naturally and they run in the background in our programming. So we often don't know that those things are happening, but they are. Mm. And these people aren't, you know, they're not bad people. They just haven't been shown the path. I think what you're saying is we become the labels that we give to ourselves. And when Mm -hmm. we express our story, those labels become part of our story and they help define us and tell other people and ourselves who we are. And they're often what keeps us stuck. Mm -hmm. So that leads us right into a quote by Norman Vincent Peale, where he says, change your thoughts and change your world. Can you reflect a little on that? Oh my gosh. That's one of my favorite quotes because it always reminds me that we do have the power to move from where we are if we can get our mindset in a place that we believe 
what we want to have happen is actually true. So I guess the best way to shore the quote up is with a story. I believed that I couldn't do math. I think I shared that before. I had this problem with story problem and I thought that I was stupid, seriously. And I think I even as a child, I either heard those words or I perceived those words. And maybe it was Sister Mary Catherine swatting me on the hind down when I couldn't say what four times four was <laughs> in the fourth grade. But that was a huge barrier for me. I went to nursing school right out of high school and I didn't have the study skills to do what it took to learn and memorize facts. And I also didn't have the social uh, capital or that belief in myself that I could stand on my own. So after two thirds of a semester, I think I got a D on my math and I thought, okay, I'm done, I can't do this. So I mm -hmm. carried that with me for 20 years. I didn't go back to school until I was 43. And at that time, the mindset was, I have to have a career that can support myself or I'm going to be stuck in this place that I don't want to be in for the rest of my life. When I believed I could, I did. I remember a point in my life, uh, I'm a mom of a son who has type 1 diabetes and was diagnosed when he was two years old and he's 34 now. And I remember when he was 16, I was at a conference a few provinces away from where I was and I was listening to a speaker and she was speaking to somebody else and she said who would you be if you didn't define yourself and then in fact this person was the mom of somebody who was in the military and so for me I used those same words to say who would you be if you didn't define yourself as a mom of a diabetic and what really came home to me was I'd been missing out on a lot of potential. I wasn't necessarily doing a disservice to being a mom of a diabetic. I just wasn't using that to define who I was. I love that. So hearing other people's stories helped to move us beyond where we are. Like you heard someone speak at a conference that really resonated with you and helped you move beyond. What advice would you have for those people who maybe haven't gone to a conference or are stuck in their head with that same narrative mm -hmm. and they're having a hard time moving beyond? I think it's, it's slowing down that narrative. It, it probably, we talk often about self-regulation. We can't talk ourselves out of this. We can't, you know, we, because we, we can say the words, but we won't really believe them. And so for me, it was really about self-regulating, quieting a bit of the narrative that was going on in the back so that I could actually hear those words and understand what they meant to me. At the time, I didn't recognize that that's what was happening, but I had a very strong spiritual practice then. And I think that was what helped me dial back and get quiet enough to be okay. And there was just something within me that said, I'm not going to take this anymore. I have to do something different. Mm -hmm. I had this thought, well, actually what it was is I found a journal and I had written the same thing in my journal 20 years before, and that was really a motivating factor for me because I thought if I don't make a change, I'm going to be 70 
and here I am, I'm going to be playing that same story in my head. One of the common themes when I speak with people is they're not good enough. They are not necessarily worthy of living their best life. And I think that is probably one of the the um, themes that gets woven in that when you actually sit down and understand what might be contributing to that, and there are all kinds of things that can contribute to that belief that you now hold, whether it's trauma, it maybe for you it was, you're not good in math. And if we haven't taken the time to understand how that really is shaping our life, then we just carry that story forward. I was reading Sheila Van Zyl's book this week, The Waterfall of Awakening, getting ready for a book club today that we're going to discuss that book. And she speaks often throughout her whole story about feeling the would haves, the could haves, the should haves, and how big a role the should have played in keeping her in those patterns. So her recommendation, just like yours, was to get quiet. For me, that went another layer when I started to add heart rate variability tools to what I was doing, because no matter how far I moved in that hope and um, having a positive outlook, my brain was still stuck in that pattern of how it developed as a child where I would be fearful or I could start things. But then when I got that rush of adrenaline and cortisol, when something wasn't going quite right, it would get me off path. So that was really helpful to add that second layer of tools to help with that brain repatterning and programming. And I think that speaks to what you're saying about self-regulation. I think people don't necessarily understand that stress and emotions are actually playing a role in this programming. They kind of see them as two separate paths. Yeah, they really are on the same continuum, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, that feeling into the new story we want. I I woke up in the in the night and I had a story running, and you know it it was disturbing and brought in fear and all kinds of emotion. And my solution for that story is is self-regulation because otherwise I would have been up walking around beginning my day at 4.30, which is a little bit too early. It got cued up by something somebody said. It's my story. It's it's not this other person's, but it really is. What do I do with it to quiet it down? And perhaps it needs a little more unpacking. At the same time, I do have a whole lot more control than just laying there, letting it to continue on. Yeah. Once that hamster wheel starts, if you can't, turn it off or you don't have the skills to turn it off it kind of becomes a runaway train doesn't it and it does Mm -hmm. rule your life so I know you love to say don't let those things rule your life because Mm -hmm. you can rule them by quieting them down 
So you mentioned uh, author Sheila Van Zyl, and she wrote a book called My Waterfall of Awakening, and she did a podcast with us. So you can find her on your favorite podcast station. Um, tomorrow we'll close out Mental Health Awareness Week. Actually, today, today is the 31st. And we'll release another bonus episode by Lisa Zarcone. Lisa wrote a memoir titled The Unspoken Truth, Her Healing Journey After Enduring Child Abuse and a Mentally Ill Mother. Very compelling and heartwarming and empowering at the same time. Both of these women moved through their stories and found healing. And we'll, we hope that they'll inspire you. So we'd encourage you over the next week to take a few moments to reflect on the stories you tell yourself and perhaps tell others what hormones are being released. Are you feeling oxytocin or are you feeling cortisol and which one feels better? Can you shift your story just even the slightest to feel a bit better? So we offer many opportunities for you to gain some of the skills we've spoken about today. We would encourage you to watch our Facebook pages and our websites for those opportunities. Until next time. Take care. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.